Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. This is episode number four, and from your feedback, Marty and I realized that you like our bloviation-free, kind of hard-hitting, quick, uh, lots of tips and tactics type episodes. That's exactly what you're going to get today. Uh, Marty, give us a quick howdy. Howdy. And before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of the episode, though, one quick update. Uh, The very first episode of this podcast, we talked about drones and how drones are going to be used uh, more and more in our industry to survey damage for underwriting purposes and kind of get to areas that will take humans longer to get to. Drones can go up in the air, fly over the top of the damage, and bring back images very, very quickly. And we see tons of different applications in this, both from the underwriting side, from the claim side. And uh, Marty, you found a really good example of this. Uh, if you want any of the links, before Marty talks about this example, if you want any of the links that we talk about today, agencynation.com forward slash show zero four agencynation.com forward slash show zero four and that'll take you right to the episode page and you can get all the links but marty um what is this uh what is this example that you found sure well uh in march a category five cyclone cyclone pam uh was raging in the south pacific and uh it it destroyed the island archipelago of vanuatu uh, recently, a, uh, a single drone covered 11 different islands uh, in that archipelago in 11 days, uh, and they, they surveyed 2,500 miles for damage. So this was damage assessment done by uh, a fairly small drone and a very, very effective use of technology uh, that allowed them to catalog the damage very quickly using this technology. Now, you know, I think the, the, the really interesting part about this is that 11 days, though that, that may even seem like at first blush like a, like a long time, the amount of time that it would have taken without the use of a drone with, with just kind of uh, humans and trucks or whatever uh, kind of getting through all this months if not years to find and survey everything that happened um, and to have everything categorized in 11 days is is incredible. And, and one of the stats that I saw in here was that uh, this thing could actually get in pretty quickly after the cyclone went through because it could still fly through up to 40 knots of wind. So, I mean, still pretty stiff winds uh, and, and the aircraft was able to, to do everything that it needed to do and maneuver safely. Yeah, and, and the other big thing is that Due to storm damage, uh, the roads might be devastated. You might not be able to get somewhere in vehicles, right? So that's the beauty of of uh, getting up in three dimensions and flying over all the damage. You don't have to worry about the the, the difficulties of navigating on uh, storm damaged terrain. Yeah. So uh, so we don't want to uh, belabor drones any more than we already did in the first episode of the show, but I do think it's really interesting, and not that I expect any independent agents to go out and buy their own drones. I think this is more something that we're going to see from our independent uh, agency carriers. They're going to be you know coming in with their own drones to use in claims and underwriting, and I think we as independent agents just need to be aware that this type of technology is coming, accepting of it, and uh, able to just talk at at least at a very high level to our clients, um, you know, if, if, if 
one of our clients has damage and one of our independent agency carriers uses it for uh, claims handling and all of a sudden one of our clients sees a drone flying overhead, they may get a little freaked out. And I just think it's good in the back of our mind to know that this technology is out there. It's coming fast. Uh, it's very safe very efficient and uh, we just need to be able to explain why carriers might be using this and and how it actually um, could be an advantage to our clients so uh, but you know let's let's move past drones we've for four episodes we've talked about drones twice so that's probably enough for a while Um, but let's get into some kind of digital marketing stuff Um, you know specifically I found the other day on search engine land a new study that was done by Blue Nile Research, and they're kind of um, they were they were doing this study around the psychology of a searcher. So this is the psychology of someone that goes to the internet, goes to Google uh, in particular, and tries to find an answer to their problem. That, that's searching for something. And what this study found is that 27% of the time, when someone types into Google, when someone searches in Google, it's in question form. That's you know, more than any other format, this is the largest format, this question form. And that presents, you know, by far, you know, Marty, you do the same, you talk all the time. I'm actually uh, recording this in, in three, two days from when we're actually recording this. So maybe even the day that this, this podcast comes out, I'll be speaking at the uh, Big Eye of Wisconsin State Convention talking about content marketing. And inevitably, one of the questions I will receive, because I've done this i've done presentations um enough times i'll you know what type of content should i be starting with where should i start where should i get going um i know i need to create but i'm not sure what i should be talking about ryan yes in this uh in this piece it says that 38 percent of those questions start with the word how or include the word how right so that is the most frequent uh use of the question, how do I? Yeah, and next, I, that's you know that's the that's where we start, right? What what people are looking for is how do I solve this problem that I have? And Marty, I, I think we've talked about this a lot, you and I. Um, you know, we don't need to be overly creative. We don't need to recreate the wheel. Answering questions about our business is by far the best place to start. And, and really something you should do on an ongoing basis because it's ultimately going to be your most effective content day in and day out. Absolutely. People, the facts are we deal in an incredibly complex business. It, it doesn't seem so much to us because we, you know, are steeped in the language and, 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 uh, and, and those complexities are, are simpler for us because we understand the ins and the outs. But to an to a just a, a, an average consumer, they do not understand half of what we say, much less the implications of what we're actually talking about. Ryan, I wanted to go to um, a, a strategy that you used when you were an agent uh, in your agency, and that was um, answering customer questions. And why don't you tell us before exactly how you did it? Just sort of how you got the idea. And, and where you began to find customer questions. So, so some of the people listening to this may actually have, have heard me tell this story before. I'm going to skip a lot of the nitty-gritty details. If you're interested in those, um, what I would say is uh, just 
ask questions in the comments. So go to agencynation.com forward slash show zero four. Ask questions. You can email us directly, ryan.hanley at trustedchoice.com or marty.agather at trustedchoice.com. So you can always email us directly. Um, but what I did uh, around uh, 2011, so this is a few years now, um, but I continued it throughout my time. Uh, we had a postage card website, so we had a four-page website. It was, it still had copyright 2002 on it, so it was nine years old, and uh, we we updated it. But when we updated it, we went from having no blog to having a blog. And and at that time, uh, kind of skipping a lot of the nitty-gritty details, I had learned that by far the creators win online. So if you're looking to get attention, you need to create content. There's no other way around it. Um, you can pay for advertising. Advertising. Uh, just you know, you need to sell more to create a positive ROI. If you're creating, uh, the the cost is much smaller. Just usually hosting and some of your time costs. But uh, it's really the creators that win. So I wanted to kind of hit the market hard, as hard as I possibly could. And what I did was I collected questions about the insurance business. I collected 147 questions actually, and I pared those down to 100 questions. Um, question, uh, so I usually get a follow-up question there where people say, well, how did you collect? I just ask my clients. If you could have one question answered about the insurance business, what would it be? So I got 147, pared it down to 100, and then for 100 days in a row, I answered those questions. So questions from uh, what is um, what is collision coverage, when should I drop collision coverage, um, to what is New York State short-term disability, to... Um, what is professional liability? So if you actually, and I'll include a link, and, and actually I'll include this chart as well. You know, I wish that I had this chart when I was create, doing my 100 insurance questions answered. Because if you look at the chart uh, from the study, it says that uh, people search, ha- when people are searching for information, solutions to their problems, how is the number one uh, question, how is something done, then why, then where, then which, then what, and probably most of mine were what. So I wish I had this chart, but uh, and and you can rephrase a lot of these into into hows, and maybe I would have captured a few more people. But the point is, for 100 days in a row, I answered a question about the insurance business, and the results were astounding. Uh, just in those 100 days, we received a little over five thousand dollars in net revenue. So that's actual spendable money for our business that wasn't going back out for any expense that wasn't premium written that's net revenue so we did a decent amount of business um and then over time that number has ballooned into into be much bigger ryan let's let's uh break this down a little bit for the audience and and explain exactly how using that word this is helpful when you do this the point is is that google when you type in a search Phrase Google is looking for that exact phraseology to present to the user, right? So they've got some paid ads, and that's whatever somebody's paying money for. But they also want to give the best result that they can find. So if you have the exact question that the searcher is looking for, then you do better in a search, which is why this is critical to uh, your search engine optimization SEO uh, efforts. Yeah, basically, Google wants to send the people that use their service, the people who actually type things into the search box, to the websites that are the most uh, that that provide a solution to that whatever they're looking for efficiently. 
So if you use a question in the title of your post, you're basically telling Google the exact type of person that you want to read that post. So I want somebody who's who's trying to better understand New York State short-term disability. I created that post, used a question as the title, and then answered that question. I did, I did all my answers in video. Um, I did that because I wanted Google to send every single person who was interested in learning more about New York State Church New York State short-term disability to my website, and uh, as it goes, Marty, that post of all the posts actually be actually ended up being our most um, profitable post because um, uh, about six months after, I think it was around six months. Uh, the, sometimes the timetable's a little off. A few months after uh, the, the campaign that I did, one of the uh, short-term disability carriers in New York State. Uh, no longer wanted to write short-term disability and sent out a letter saying that upon renewal, they were going to non-renew all their clients. And all of a sudden, all these businesses in New York State who had never really been explained uh, what short-term disability was, they were getting cancellation notices. So they took to the internet to find out, geez, what is this policy I'm paying you know, $60, $70 a year for? What does this actually mean? Why do I need it? What is it? And they were finding my article. And then uh, we were backdooring into a lot of professional liability accounts and um, a, a lot of different accounts. And it ended up being extremely profitable for us and was really kind of the, uh, a huge catalyst for my career at the time. And it was simply spending two minutes to answer the question, what is New York State short-term disability? Now, I am not aware that Google has this capability, but it's probably being worked on in the labs as we speak. And that is the let's... Uh, parse every word in every uh, YouTube video on the planet and then index that. So how did you get a video to be found by a Google search engine? Um, So basically what I did was um, I just used the terms, right? So so Google is very deliberate. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of SEO tactics and tricks and kind of best practices and stuff and 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 there is there is some some um, I, I want to say SEO today is very straightforward. It's a very straightforward thing. There used to be kind of you know Wizard of Oz levers and buttons and stuff that you'd have to push in the right order to get things to work. Today it's very deliberate, high quality meaning. People come to your page and actually find value in it. So how does Google know that? If there's a video, they watch the video. If um, they spend a certain amount of time on the page, maybe they end up filling out a form or clicking to another article. All these, all these um, kind of human SEO factors are, uh, you know, Google tracks all this stuff. Google knows if someone fills out a web form or or watches a video or clicks through or spends a significant amount of time on your site. And they use those things to figure out how valuable your piece of content is. So uh, I use very deliberate in the words I used. You know, for this particular article, I used, you know, New York State short-term disability over and over again. Not not overused it, but, you know, three, four, five times throughout the course of the thing. I had a video from YouTube embedded on the on that blog post with the, you know, which talked about what New York State short-term disability was. And, um, you know, I just shared it. Send it out to an email list of our clients, letting them know that hey, if, if you got one of these cancellations, 
uh, and you're one of our clients, you know, here's what it is, and uh, we're going to be reaching out to you soon to let you know, uh, how, you know, what carrier we're moving you over to. So don't worry. So it was a little bit of retention tool, uh, just from one simple piece of content. And uh, Google saw from that activity that it was valuable, and just kept moving it up the search engine rankings. Sure. I guess where I was going with that was uh, transcription services. Yeah. So you know, with a with a YouTube video, if you are using video. Then you can use a transcription service like SpeechPad, S-P-E-E-C-H-P-A-D.com, SpeechPad, and uh, that they'll transcribe your video for a dollar a minute, which is really, really uh, inexpensive. Um, if you're, if you can't remember that URL, um, just go to agencynation.com forward slash show zero four, and we'll have a link to SpeechPad. But um, yeah, that's a simple way to get some of the text from your video in there as well. I like to do that. Uh, some videos it makes sense to do. Some videos it doesn't. Um, I did it with some of them, not all of them. Uh, but that's a good way to let uh, YouTube see what's actually in the video by including the transcription text underneath a video. Absolutely. So I'm guessing we paid SpeechPad $57 each for our first two episodes, didn't we? <laughs> I actually haven't transcribed our podcast episodes yet, um, only because I didn't... I didn't. Uh, I wasn't. Will, I was. I didn't want to go with um, fifty-seven minutes worth of text. I figured. Uh, I know some people do that, uh, and and this is kind of maybe not relevant to our exact topic. But you know, you have to think about: Would someone read a fifty-seven-minute podcast episode? Maybe. I don't know. I think they would definitely read the text of a two-minute video. So if it, let's say I'm on. Let's say I'm at work or your client is at work and they type in their search. And so now we're talking about why you'd get something transcribed. So let's say you're at work and um, you know YouTube's blocked. So state workers in New York, YouTube is blocked. So if I didn't have a, trans, uh, a transcription underneath the video, um, any state worker, and there's 250,000 plus of them in the greater capital district, which is where I live in upstate New York, uh, all those people could not see any of my YouTube videos. So in, unless there was a transcription underneath, then they could read what I was saying and still get the value. You know, I would say, a, you know, you got to think about it. at a certain point, people are, aren't, you know, it's going to be too much for them to read. So, you know, any you want to keep your videos short. Shorter videos are great to get transcribed. Um, super long videos, you may want to parse up into pieces if you're going to transcribe them. So maybe keep them in, in, in five-minute segments. There's a lot of different things you can do. And again, if you have questions, come to the comments or email us um, um, and we can answer any of your questions on a future episode of the show. But uh, transcription is very important because um, people have all different situations. People consume content a lot of different ways and you want to make sure that if you're providing valuable content, you are uh, providing it, you're also providing it in the various formats that allow people to consume it. No doubt. I. I think that uh, there's a time and a place for different mediums. And sometimes we just want to kick back and watch that video, right? Or listen to a blog or listen to a uh, podcast. So, Yeah. And, you know, one thing I've also started to see people doing is creating blog posts and then reading the blog posts and putting them into an audio file. Hmm. And then you can use a tool like SoundCloud um, to, which is a relatively inexpensive tool that allows you to host and then embed the audio file right in a blog post. Super simple. You don't need any coding or anything. You just take the little piece of code and you stick it in your blog post 
and then people can listen to the blog post instead of read it. So some people like that. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to dice up your content. Um, we're kind of way off track on on the study and answering questions, but uh, but that's not a bad thing. I think um, there's just a lot of different ways that you can do content marketing, and I'm a firm believer in uh, giving people as many avenues to consume your content as possible. Uh, so, you know, I, it's actually funny. So th- there is a newspaper in um, in Pennsylvania, and I want to say it's Harrisburg, PA. So the Harrisburg Gazette or whatever it is, I'll have to I'll do a Google search while we're uh, while we're talking here. So uh, this this paper, um, they were struggling, right? It's Harrisburg, PA, like any small publication. Uh, in the United States, especially traditional publishers, um, you know, it, it's the the Patriot News and Newsletter, I guess is what it is. And um, so, so they're struggling. They were an everyday newspaper. And I think it was two or three years ago, they dialed back their, um, their release of their publication from uh, seven days a week to three days a week. And you would think that it would destroy their business. But they, but but actually, that's not even the most interesting part about what they did. So they actually changed the way that they distribute their news. So Harrisburg, what 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 the uh, what this newspaper did was all breaking news stories, all news stories in general, but specifically breaking news stories are actually broke on social media, Twitter, Facebook, any other platforms that they focus on. Specifically, Twitter and Facebook, though. So they're breaking news stories on social media before it ever hits their website, before it ever hits their print newspaper. So the stories that do well on social media, they put onto the website. The stories that do well on the website then get handpicked and and turned into print uh, articles that get published in the three-day-a-week publication through the newsletter or, or through the actual newspaper that's distributed out to their subscribers. So... By the time a story gets to the physical newspaper, it has actually been curated th- twice. So someone from the from the newspaper posted on social media. They decided, okay, this is doing really well. People seem to be interested in learning more. We're going to uh, publish an article on our website about it. And then th- if that continues to get traction or is of particular interest in some way, then that then become, gets curated down into uh, – the print publication. So the print publication is actually a filtered view of the however many best stories, best articles, most important stories that um, that they actually published. Really, really interesting. And the reason that I'm telling you this, and you know, we're talking about newspapers and not instead of insurance, is that um, there are a lot of different ways to distribute content. And what we really need to do is figure out how do we connect best with our audience. If your audience prefers to listen to audio files versus read, then it then you want to do that. If they prefer, prefer video, then you want to create videos. If they're never going to watch a video or listen to an audio file on your website, then it makes sense to have everything transcribed or just to write everything out and create text-based posts. Or maybe the people never go on social media, then but they really like your email, the emails that you send out. Then then create emails. You don't need to do everything. You need to do and you need to create content and distribute it in the way that best serves the particular audience that uh, you're trying to work with. I don't want to take us down another rat hole, but I think we're going to uh, put a star next to 
content curation, and that's going to become a topic for another podcast. What do you say about that? Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, we could do we could do a lot on content curation, and and that may actually be a good. Uh, topic for for a series of podcasts because there are a lot of different methods, a lot of different business models for it, and what we're starting to see. And again, I, I tell you these things um, uh, and use examples outside our industry because inside the insurance industry, there is incredible opportunity to do these things because no one is uh, curated newsletters specifically on a community or local basis uh, or or around a niche incredibly huge opportunity for insurance agents. No one in our industry is doing that. So, um, yes, we're definitely going to stick a pin in that and we'll come back and we'll, we'll do at least one, if not a series of podcasts around uh, maybe the various stages of content curation. I think that'd make a really good topic. So you said that, you know, at, at the highest level, um, these are opportunities because, uh, much of your competition isn't doing these things. I found an article uh, this week uh, published by Booz and Allen, a consulting house, uh, titled How Digital Leaders Outperform Their Peers. And I thought that uh, our listeners would like to, like to get a few of uh, the insights from this from both this article and then, and then your take on it, Ryan, maybe some, uh, some of my thoughts. Uh, obviously, um, our primary listening audience aren't running digital firms. They're running insurance agencies. But I think there's a lot of lessons in this article that uh, are 100% applicable. Dude, let me tell you what I want to do here. I'm actually going to cut this. <clears throat> I think we should stop, put a put a ending on the last one yep. and restart with this and we'll we'll do two right now because we just did 25 minutes yep. on that last one and yep. this this whole article like i really want to dive into this article i think this article is great but we'll be at an hour if we do okay that. yeah so, i hear you i hear you so let's um so let's throw a finish on this i'll cut it out and then um and then we'll we'll restart do episode number five and we'll st- we'll, we'll start with this article right here all right, perfect. Okay. Um, so you just cut in and say, you know, Ryan, I know we actually had one more resource to talk about, but I think we've really we've we've actually drawn out uh, a whole another avenue that I didn't think we were going to get into. Um, we've driven a lot of value, blah blah blah. Let, let's yep. kind of cut it here, and we'll see you next week. Hey, Ryan, um, you're talking about how how all of these capabilities create a competitive advantage and we did have one more topic that we wanted to get into today but I think we've uh, we've really uh, taken a deep dive on this answering questions and how, how that uh, affects your agency and how you can use that to draw traffic and ultimately write business so I think we ought to put a uh, bow on this episode episode number four and uh, think about diving into our next topic on our next edition of Agency Nation Radio. I'm glad that you remembered the name of our podcast, Marty. (laughs) Well, every once in a while. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, head over to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you're listening. Leave us a rating and review. It really helps us reach uh, more independent agents, more insurance industry professionals like yourself. If you have any questions, comments, come to the comments, send us an email, uh, and uh, we'll be happy to answer them. And uh, maybe we'll get some of your questions on a future episode. Marty, it's been a lot of fun, man. Let's get out of here. All right, we're done.